This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome everyone. It's Carm Caffriato, Remarkable Results Radio. Good to have you here as we head into the new year 2024. I've got a really interesting episode here today with Jesse Matthews. Jesse Matthews, Mobile Mechanic. That's the name of his company. I am so interested to talk to him. I know a bunch of mobile mechanics or mobile service professional shops that don't have brick and mortar around the country. I think you may be an interview that I have. I haven't done a lot of interviews like that. And so I met you, Jesse, at ASTE. It was good to meet you in the flesh. And, and that was your first ASTE, wasn't it? Yes. Wow. What a great story he has. Working at the dealership, saving some money so he can do what he's doing. We're going to talk about what his rates are, how he gets his parts, the customer's perception of what mobile mechanic is all about. And yeah, your competition to brick and mortar, no doubt, but you have an opinion on brick and mortar and maybe we'll get to that here in the episode. Remember, if you're in your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. And Napa Tracks will move your shop into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Find Napa Tracks on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. So, shop on wheels, but you're a dealership tech. Yes. And you're still working there, right? Yes, I work at a dealership four days a week. And they know that you're going to leave to uh, get in your truck someday full time, right? Yes. Actually, I left a Ford dealer that I was at for about three years. They knew that I had started a business as well. And I went to the manager and said, Hey, I'm doing pretty well. I'd like to go down to four days a week. And they were not okay with the idea. So I went and spoke to another dealer who was, and the condition of my employment on my end was I'm going to work four days a week. And they had no problem with it. So as you transist from a, if you will, four day gig working at a dealership, what's your plans? I mean, is it this spring that you believe you're just, you're going to be good enough to be able to go four days a week? Yes, I'm actually very surprised at how steady that I've stayed throughout the winter time because I know in the winter time, it's a dead time of year for automotive repair, but I've stayed fairly steady. And uh, right now I've got some plans in place with my marketing department or my marketing guy that's going to try and help ensure that I stay busy. And come March, I'm putting in my notice and I'm going to go full time. I find it an interesting risk that you're earning X one day a week, every Monday doing mobile, then to add four more days to that. Are you going to work Saturdays or just Monday through Friday? Well, right now I work Mondays and Saturdays running my business. And then I also schedule one car every evening. So I'm usually working five days a week. I I work on one car a day, at least Mondays and Saturdays. I schedule as many as I can get, two or three maybe, but it's a jump I've got to make. I am comfortable having the dealership paycheck, but I'm not going to get to where I want to be until I make that jump. And I've talked to some close mentors of mine and and all of them say it's a scary jump, but it's there comes a time when you got to jump and see if you float. Absolutely. man. I have to tell you, I've been there myself personally. Those are gutsy. Sometimes they can be risky decisions depending on how hard you want to work to make it work, how much you want to listen to people to help guide you. 
and can put some money away to, to live on if it doesn't quite work out. But as you head into spring, I would say that it's probably easy for people to stop and think, hey, come and fix my car here. They may not want to do it because of the way I don't want Jesse to be out in the cold, but you're finding that you if it gets cold, people don't care if you come out and fix their vehicle, right? Yep. I'm pretty good about customers being concerned about that. And actually, last this past Saturday, we had a pretty heavy rainstorm and I had to reschedule some work. But I've been usually two or three days out. And for the most part, the ones that schedule it ahead of time like that are okay with waiting another day or so. Okay, let's tell everybody what uh, city you're in. Fredericksburg, Virginia. Fredericksburg, that's it. Is that a tiny little country town? Not really. It's a pretty good sized city. We're right between Richmond and Washington, D.C., but where I live in Partlow, which is about three, a population of about 3,000. So it's a very small town, but the dealership I work at is in Fredericksburg and I try to schedule the, a lot of work right around there, but I do get some in, in some of the smaller towns. Are you going to really concentrate heavily on the town that you live in? It depends. I'm trying to stay near the city, but uh, I know that there's not very many brick and mortar shops in the small town that I'm in. And I feel like if I can get a good footing in there, I can do pretty well. You could be busy, huh? How far is Fredericksburg from your house? 35 minutes. Oh, that's not a bad drive at all. No. No. For a country person like you are, and I am too, you say your town is 3,000 people. Mine has 4,000. So I get when you want to head to some place to shop or some place to go or a destination, being in the car for half hour is just nothing. Yeah, it's usually a four-hour trip going to the grocery store and back home. That's funny. Walmart in your town? Yes. Oh, see, then you made it. Okay. Yep. That's great. Okay. So you're working at night, you're working on Mondays, you're working on Saturdays. And when you leave the dealership, you're going to go full time. And what I find fascinating is you just said, oh, I got my marketing people. Well, that's really excellent to think that instead of just trying to do this on the recommendations from clients, passing your cards, passing your word, that you'd be investing in marketing. I love that fact. Is it going to be Facebook? Is it going to be Google? How you do it? How you going to do it? Well, Facebook is how I started. I, when I was just starting to do side work, I just put my name out there and said, Hey, I've got this much time experience as a dealer tech looking to make a little bit of money doing work on the side. And I was scheduling two weeks out because there were a lot of people that saw the quality of work that I did. And so I used Facebook for six or eight months and then decided to start doing some Google pay per click ads. And so that's, those are the two that I've got now. I've got a website that the same person is has designed for me. And we're talking right now about doing SEO and really pushing towards the Google ads. What are people searching for to find you? I've got my positive keywords set up to have any type of mechanic search bring me up. And the majority of the people that search are searching in my town, but I find a lot of people on Google, I think searching for mobile mechanic or mechanic, either one, I've done pretty well at keeping my profile up to date that it keeps me within the first page. So it's either mobile mechanic, mechanic near me, or mechanic near Fredericksburg. I seem to do pretty well on. Okay, let's talk about mechanic near me. They click on you, they read about you, but they realize that you come to them. Does it shock them? Do they say no? What's your percentage of getting people to say, wow, in my driveway? This is interesting. The majority of the people do know that I'm mobile, I think, because it's on my profile and it's on my website. But end of the year last year, I did a expo, a women's expo I got a booth at. And I will say that probably 80% of the people that went there 
didn't even know of the term mobile mechanic. Mm -hmm. So there's a big market out there that doesn't know about it at all, at least in my area. I love the idea that you went out. You went to a woman's, did you like get a table? Did you bring your truck? Was it with you? No, it was in a big expo center. So I paid to have a table and a booth and I just set up and, and kind of put my name out there. I collected email addresses because this April we're going to do a car care event in a commuter parking lot just to kind of show kids and whoever else that might be interested how to do a pre-trip inspection or just some basic checks. Jesse, this is guerrilla marketing in my mind. I mean, you're reaching out, you're just doing the stuff. Like going to an event, getting a booth, shaking hands, passing out cards, that's as raw as it gets. Yeah, I've got a another charity that I work hand in hand with and I'm going to be at their event in April. But that's what I'm trying to do. I'm really just trying to get my name out there because I really feel that with the quality of work and how much care I put into customer service and fixing cars that if I get my name out there, it won't be hard for me to be able to stay busy. If you went to Apex 2023, then you realize the incredible commitment that Apex has to the service professional shop owner, technician, and service advisor. Joe's Garage is your place to hang out with 10 working bays and real live working conditions. Also, the best tech companies from tools and repair to management software had their latest and greatest on display and demonstrated for you. You also attended technical and business management training with the industry's best and brightest trainers, coaches, and teachers. Work is underway to make next year's Apex 2024 have even more product demos, trending training, marketing, and social media support to help you grow your career, sales, and profits. Remember, if you earn your living in the service aftermarket, then Apex is the expo for you. Continue listening, and we'll bring you the latest from Apex 2024. Save the date, November 5th through the 7th, 2024. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napatrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napatrax offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napatrax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at Napatrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. So, Justin and I were talking before we got on, and one of the things he said to me is a lot of people think that I'm going to come out and put their own parts on. And you've got to really explain to them that you don't do that. How does that go? Normally, it goes pretty well because I'll just let them know one, either my insurance company will not allow me to do it for liability reasons, or if I put your parts on, I can't provide a warranty. And there's some people that would prefer the warranty rather than saving the money on parts and others just want their own parts on and they don't see the value in the warranty. And so I'll with those, I just tell them, thanks, but no thanks. I can't do it for you. So in your business plan, are there any places that you've identified that you can't go to? There have been a few hurdles, like 
where I'm at, there's a lot of people that have dirt or gravel driveways. And for the first few months, I realized that was difficult. And then I built a platform with two by fours and a piece of plywood so that I could have jacks and jack stands to do what I need to do. So that's been the only hurdle that I haven't, that I found, but I've been able to get over that one. What kind of vehicle are you using? I have a 2017 Ford Explorer. That's it. Yep. And I, all of the work that I do is with electric tools and I have torque wrenches. So everything is, most things are torque to spec, but I use electric impact. So I don't need an air compressor and I don't need air hoses and all that stuff. I find it fascinating. You get everything in the Explorer. Yeah. Well, it's got third row seating. So it's a little bit, it's the bigger one, but yeah, it's, just, it's an Explorer. Still, I would think you'd have a step van or something like that. Nope. But I have some friends that have you know, the, the much bigger vehicle and they, I'm not sure it's because they maybe do more work or they have been pack rats their whole life and have collected and every tool they have comes with them. I'm not sure of that. So do you have every tool that you own in that Explorer? No, uh, the majority of my tools are either at home. I have a little 10 by 17 carport at home that I have a lot of tools in. And I just, each day or night before I figure out what I'm, I look at what I'm doing and what I have to repair. And I just figure out what tools I have to take. And for the most part, I've been pretty good about not, or I haven't forgot anything. Or if I do, I'm usually right down the street from a tool store and I'll just go get it. Okay. Take me to the transaction, Jesse. The phone rings or the internet pings your phone and you start and they say, how much? Usually that's what happens with almost every call. Are you, what's your labor rate? And are you then having to call them back to do an estimate? Uh, they're not just saying, hey, come do my car. They want to know, they probably want to know how much. How are you doing all of that? So I let them know up front that I, it is a 158.77, which is my labor rate. That's what my diagnostic diagnosis is. But it also includes a full digital vehicle inspection because I want to make sure that the car is safe and reliable and it's worth fixing. And when I get people that ask for prices over the phone, I do tend to give them prices sometimes, but more often than not, I try to just get out there and get a chance to look the vehicle over. And if if they just push on the fact that they want a price, I'll give it to them and I'll let them know it's based on the fact that I don't know the condition of the vehicle and it could change when I get out there and look at it. Got it. So you're telling me that you can't come over to my house and fix my car for whatever it needs, if it needs brakes, if it's got a check engine light on, unless I pay you 158.77. Yes, but that also includes an inspection, a full digital That includes inspection. the inspection. Any pushback? Yeah, there are people that don't want the inspection. They just want their car fixed or they'll call me and say, this is what's wrong with it. I need this part put on it. And uh, when I get that, I just tell them that I've got to diagnose it because I don't want to put another person's part that's diagnosed it and it not fix the car because then we're just wasting money. Will you overlook the inspection, at least just go get the minimum job done so that people get a chance to know who Jesse Matthews is? What are you doing to be sure that these opportunities don't fizzle out? The mentor group that I'm working with has done a pretty good job of helping me try and sort of qualify the customer, so to speak. But there are instances where like if it's a break job or if it's something like that, I will take the parts with me and then say, hey, I still need to look the car over to make sure that it's safe and it's worth fixing before I go putting any parts on it. Okay, I see. I got it. It just makes sense. It's just smart business. When you say you're working with a mentor group, are those brick and mortar shop owners that are guiding you? Yes. And one of them actually started off the same way I did as a mobile company and has since yeah. gone brick and mortar, which is what I'm trying yeah. to do. 
And we know an awful lot of mobile diagnosticians, if you will, or technology specialists that have gone to brick and mortar for many, many reasons that their business got big or they recognize that they could still take business right off of the street into their place because they were really good at what they did. And there's no doubt that Jesse Matthews is going to have a brick and mortar place someday. I just feel that about you. This seems to me a great way to go out and build a customer base without the expense of what it takes to have a building and rent and heat and light and taxes and mortgage, however you want to approach it. Yeah, that was my plan to begin with because I didn't have a whole lot of money or very little at all set aside. And I actually didn't start doing this with the intention to start a business. It just, it took off much more than I had expected. And I'd sat and and thought about it and I talked to my wife and I started researching and trying to figure out what I needed to do to run a legitimate business in the automotive repair. And as far as books and things like that, I couldn't really find, but I happened to stumble upon your podcast and I found everything that I was looking for. Honored, because I know when I met you at ASTE, you told me that you're here because you listen, you are, you made the gutsy move because so much of the stuff that we talk about, all the business acumen here helped gain and get you confidence. Boy, I love what you just said about my wife. I mean, working together as a team, you couldn't do this without her support. No way. There's no way I could do it because it's 14, 15 hours a day, five days a week. And then I'm working another eight on Saturday and she's got to hold down the fort at home and then keep my spirits up when things are going rough. So I, there's no way I could be where I am without her. Got kids? Yes. Yeah. Ann and I were talking the other day about she taught Tracy and Matthew how to drive. I didn't because I wasn't home. Yeah. And it's amazing. We sometimes forget to give our spouses such great credit for how well the family turned out and all the stuff that they learned. Oh, she's driving. She passed her. Oh, good. Great. It had nothing to do with me. You were telling me that you had a little lower rate to start with so that you could help build some funds in order to get ready to be able to leave the dealership. What were you charging? I started out at $50 an hour because I thought that I could do better than the dealerships. And most shops, I thought they were overcharging people, not knowing what it took to actually run a business. And so I started out at $50 an hour and within a few months went up to 75. I was making pretty good money just at that. And my parts, I didn't even have a parts margin. I was adding maybe $10, $15 on top of the parts that I was doing. So there wasn't a whole lot of margin to go by. I started out at $50 an hour. And since you use a shop management system and you probably are now using a parts matrix, is the 158.77 your hourly right now too? Yes. Man, this is great news. I mean, there's some brick and mortar shops probably in your area that don't charge that. There are. I know a few that I'm more expensive, that I've charged more than. And because your mentor group has said, Jesse, hang tough. You can do this. Yeah. There's value that comes with what I do. It's, and there's convenience of being mobile, but I know that the convenience of being mobile adds value to it, but just the quality of the work that I do and the detail I put into the inspections deserves a rate like that. Are you doing oil changes, by the way? I don't do oil changes unless I'm coming out to do something else or it's a longtime customer. I have a few that I've got on a maintenance plan that I go and do just an oil change for, but they've been customers for me with me from the beginning. So if it's a new customer and that's all they want, I don't usually do an oil change. Are you stocking all the weights in your Explorer or are you just pulling them from home? 
I pull them from home. I get gallon jugs and I just, I have them stacked on a shelf at home. When I think about the country, when I think about Fredericksburg, I think about homeowner associations. You haven't come across any homeowner associations that say you can't go there, have you yet? Not yet, because once I get the address from the customer and I see that it's a, either a gated community or something like that, I'll tell them, yes, I'll come out to your home or place of business as long as they allow it. If I'm not allowed to work there, then we'll have to do it in a different location. I want to tell you, I love capturing this story of a startup like you, a great technician, smart guy, realizing that this wasn't a hobby, Jesse, that this is a serious business for you. And you're at it to make money and to give great service and to build a great client base. And I think you're approaching it almost 110% with the right attitude and with all the right. Here's an individual who's yet to work this full time. He has a mentor group. Go figure. And there's people that have been in business 10, 20, 30, 40 years that don't even want to talk to an advisor or a coach or join a networking group. So you're doing so many right things. And hopefully, I guess the things that we've done over all the years in the podcast and bringing this up, creaming this to the top made Jesse think they're just not, you know, Karn doesn't do this just so that he can talk every week. He's doing it because there's a message. There's a message out there and you took it, you pulled it and you're doing something with it. I want you to come back at least six, nine months into this. We'd love to find out what your numbers are, how you're doing that you had to have a helper. So I don't know. I don't know what your future plans are, but I think an individual like you that made your gutsy entrepreneurial decision, you probably have some plans in the next six, nine months, a year. Yeah. Right now I'm looking for a building because ultimately that's what I do want to have. I do want to be in a brick and mortar and be able to run it a little bit differently. But the first step obviously is going full time. And I do actually have somebody that's helping me right now. I had a young man call me a few months ago asking if I was hiring part-time evening. I wasn't looking for it because I didn't think anybody was crazy enough to work the hours that I'm working. But he called and he asked for if I was hiring and I had to, I said, I need a couple of days to think about it because I don't even know if that's something I can do. And I spoke with some mentors and my wife and a few other people and they're like, yeah, here's a couple of ways you can structure it. You just have to see if he's okay with it. And so he was and He's helped me on a few jobs, but with the understanding that right now it's going to be super slow, but come March or April, it really could take off. So I have hired somebody, but my ultimate goal is just to have a, to be able to help the community. I want to have a business where people love to work at and where people love to bring their car to get it fixed. I have a friend who is a mobile, just like you, Jesse, and did his first, he did a brick and mortar and, but the truck's still on the road. And she's doing both. I've heard about that. I've had a lot of people ask me because of how well I'm doing on the mobile side, but I don't know if I want to stay with mobile or if I want to do pickup and delivery. I think I may try both and see how it goes. I would have to find somebody that I can really trust to do the mobile side. And maybe I'm thinking too far into it. And it's just something that I'll have to sort of try out with a few different people, but we'll see how it goes. It's going to be something I'm going to have to think about. Pickup and delivery going to be important in the future? Yes, I think so. I think that doing pickup and delivery is going to be almost as convenient as mobile because you can still, I was thinking you could drop off a loaner or drop off a rental, depending on the length of the repair. If it's something simple like brakes, I have it back that evening. But if it turns into three, four days, I would think there would be a, a way to be able to drop off a loaner for that amount of time and then 
drop the car off and pick the loaner up. As work styles have changed in our world where they, you're staying at home and working, and even if you're going back to the office, it's only a couple of days a week. When you're home and you're working and that vehicle sits in the garage or on the driveway, why can't someone, again, come and fix it or pick it up and take it and, and bring it back to me? Concierge service, we, I think people are absolutely willing to pay a fee for that shuttle thing. But yet, if you go and pick up the vehicle, you have to leave something. So you have to worry about the loaner thing and the insurance. That's another thing. I just think you're thinking large, you're thinking wide, and and I wish you so much darn success. Any advice to anyone saying, I want to start something like this and I just can't think of doing it? I need money, I need time, I need commitment, I need a marketplace. Any advice? A lot of that I did ponder in the beginning, but since I've been doing this, I've really... Personal growth has become really important to me. And I just read a book called Start With Why. Mm. And I think if you don't have a good enough reason to start whatever you're doing, it's either going to be very difficult or you're going to own a job and not own a business. Wow. Start With Why. Simon Sinek, it's on our books page on the website. I've read it. It's a great book. I consider Start With Why and Who Not How are two great books for entrepreneurs to say that you don't have to do all of this yourself, but you have to have a very positive forward vision and reason to do everything that you're doing. So Jesse Matthews, mobile mechanic, and wish you all the success when you wrap this thing up to full time this spring. Keep in touch with me. Let me know how you're doing. I definitely will. Thank you very much, Carm. And thanks for telling me everything about this. I know it's going to help people. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.